Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host whose record for stupid things said in one hour was recently obliterated by Donald Trump. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the home office recording studio built here in Concord, North Carolina. It is Tuesday night, and in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, we're going back to the tobacco timeline for... uh, for uh, pipe parts, we're going to finish up the 18th century and head into the 19th century. My guest tonight is Jeremy Reeves. Jeremy is the head blender for Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco. He's got a lot going on. We'll have a have a chat with Jeremy and find out all about him. Uh, music and mailbag and more of a uh, uh, more of a confessional rant tonight. So all that's coming up. Uh, hope your summer's been going good. We have finally gotten some rain around here. Finally gotten some rain, so been uh, catching up on yard work and stuff. It has been a relatively dry summer for us so far, but uh, the last couple of weeks we finally got some rain, and yeah, I had to go out there and weed and do stuff like that over the weekend. And uh, in other news, those of you that follow me on Facebook, you'll see that I finally had to do an update to my 1997 car. Yeah, finally had to. The original stereo, finally the display pooped out. So I went all the way. I now have a Bluetooth-enabled MP3-playing something else that'll stream Pandora or whatever else. Anyway, one of them fancy display things that makes music come out of it. And I can use it as a telephone. Uh, all built into the dash. Bad news is, only one knob on it. Yeah, one knob. Everything else is uh, touch the screen and it supposedly does it. So I'm figuring that out. So now that and a new iPhone and, boy, I'm about as high-tech as you can get nowadays. All right, enough about me. Let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company, and here we go. a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, 
We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. Welcome back. In just a few minutes, Jeremy Reeves will be on the phone with me. When uh, last we left off on the tobacco history, we were right around uh, 1770. And guess what happens in 1776? Yeah, the American Revolution. And uh, here's what Tobacco.org writes about it. It says, along the Tobacco Coast, better known as the Chesapeake Bay, uh, the Revolutionary War was variously known as the Tobacco War. Growers had found themselves perpetually in debt to British merchants. By 1776, growers owed the mercantile houses millions of pounds. British tobacco taxes are a further grievance. Tobacco helps finance the revolution by serving as collateral for the loan Benjamin Franklin won from France. The security was 5 million pounds of Virginia tobacco. Yeah, 5 million pounds of Virginia tobacco was... uh, was collateral for the loan the French gave us. Uh, George Washington once appealed to his countrymen for aid to the army. If you can't send money, send tobacco. There you go. Don't hear that in the school books nowadays, do you? Uh, during the war, it was tobacco exports that the fledgling government used to build up credits abroad. And when the war was over, Americans turned to tobacco taxes. Boo to help repay the Revolutionary War debt. So there you go. The beginning of uh, tobacco and tobacco taxes and loans on tobacco. Um, in 1779, Pope Benedict XII opens a tobacco factory. And remember, it wasn't too many years earlier that the uh, that there was a papal bull against uh, all tobacco use. Uh, going forward, 1781, Thomas Jefferson suggests tobacco cultivation in the western country on the Mississippi River, which we have now for a long time. 1785, Conestoga wagons leave Pennsylvania for the west. The rolled tobacco leaves inside lead to the term stogies for cigars. There you go. Uh, let's go forward to 1788. Uh, Spanish New Orleans opened for export of tobacco by Americans in the Mississippi Valley. And here's one of my favorites. In 1790, in the 1790s, Lorillard creates the U.S.'s first national ad campaign by distributing its posters via post office. So I wonder if that's how a poster got its name. Anyway, we move on. Uh, in 1791, France, the National Assembly, grants the freedom to cultivate and sell tobacco. So now we're free to do that. And then in 1798, the United States Marine Hospital Service is established. The service will become the Public Health Service in 1912 and had been made part of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare in 1953. And then you get the Surgeon General coming out of all that. Now we go forward to the 19th century, which is now called the Age of the Cigar. Uh, In France, Lorettes, prostitutes near the Notre Dame de Lorettes Church, are the first women to smoke publicly. There you go. Got to support the French again. 
And in 1804-1806, Lewis and Clark explore Northwest using gifts of tobacco as life insurance. So the Lewis and Clark expedition was handing out tobacco as it went. Uh, In 1810, Connecticut Cuban cigar roller brought to Suffield to train local workers. So now we've got cigars being made in Connecticut using Cuban talent. Uh, In 1820, American traders opened the Santa Fe Trail, find ladies of that city smoking cigarritos, spelled S-E-E-G-A-R-I-T-O-S, which I'm assuming is a small cigar, which uh, would explain the somewhat Spanish spelling for it couple of uh, business first in 1822 in Sweden uh, Jakob Frederick Jungoff I'm sure I butchered that name begins manufacturing snus so we have the beginning of snus and then my favorite in 1823 C. Clement Moore's 1823 poem A Visit from St. Nicholas describes Santa Claus as a pipe smoker yay he is a pipe smoker uh, 1824, Acadian Pierre Chenet, nicknamed Perique, begins growing the tobacco of the Choctaw Indians commercially in St. James Parish. He also refines the fermenting process for the pungent tobacco, and we all salute Pierre for that. Well, those of us that like Perique. Uh, just in uh, just some numbers for you, in 1826, England is importing 26 pounds of cigars a year. The cigar becomes so popular that within four years, England will be importing 250,000 pounds of cigars a year. So in four years, they go from 26 pounds to 250,000 pounds. Uh, 1828, in Spain, the cigarette becomes popular as a new way of smoking. They're sold individually and in rolls. And remember, this would have been back when they were simply hand-rolling them in factories. Uh, In 1832, invention of the paper-rolled cigarette. While Southwest Indians, Aztecs, and Mayans had used hollow reeds, cane, or maize to fashion cylindrical tobacco holders, and civilians had rolled cigar scraps in thrown-away paper. An Egyptian artilleryman in the uh, Turk-Egyptian War is credited with the invention of the cigarette as we know it. In the uh, siege of Acre, the Egyptians' cannon the, uh, the Egyptians' cannon crew had improved their rate of fire by rolling the gunpowder in paper tubes. For this, he and his crew were rewarded with a pound of tobacco. Their sole pipe was broken, however, so they took to rolling the pipe tobacco in the paper. The invention spread among both Egyptian and Turkish soldiers, and thus we have the paper rolled cigarette i hope there was no gunpowder left in that all right so we've gotten up to 1830s right around there we'll have more in a few weeks in just a moment we'll have jeremy reeves on the phone this is internet radio (laughs) 
Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language, as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Satleft Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And as I said, uh, we're staying in the tobacco blending arts one more time. And joining me on the phone is Jeremy Reeves, who's the production manager and head blender for Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. So we, we've heard your voice on the on the show before, but never gotten to really ask you any questions. And so let's get to know you. Where where'd you grow up? Where are you from? How'd you get started smoking a pipe? Sure. Uh, well, I grew up in a tiny little town called Portales in the state of New Mexico, and uh, I lived there until I was nineteen. And then I decided that I. I needed to go and see more of more of this great big world, and uh, so I moved to Chicago. And uh, when when I moved to Chicago, um, you know, all all sorts of uh, new experiences, new you know, new uh, possibilities sort of kind of opened up. You know, I grew up in a town of about eight thousand people, and now I'm in a city where you know that. My whole town could fit in, you know, one of the apartment complexes I, I would see. So, you know, yeah. it was quite a quite a change. Um, but Chicago later on became the the home of the very first cigar store that I ever worked in, and uh, that that cigar store, which is uh, moved now to a different part of the the city and owned by a different a different fellow than owned it when I worked there but uh it still it still functions called Blue Havana. Um when I worked at Blue Havana, uh I had dabbled in in cigars a little bit. Uh you know, I smoked an Arturo Fuente, uh Rothschild and Cedro and uh couple of other things but working working in a cigar store that had actually a quite respectable uh 
humidor, walk-in humidor, I really found that I, I enjoyed smoking. And, uh, and more than just the act of smoking, I enjoyed the, uh, the people that came in. I enjoyed the, the uh, just really broad spectrum of folks um, that seemed to gravitate to the tobacco shop. Um, and so had a lot of really cool experiences there and sort of, sort of saw more than, more than just something that was fun to do. I saw tobacco sort of functioning as a, uh, a way to bring people together. Um, so that was, that was kind of what got me into it. And later on, I got a job at, uh, at Yvonne Reese and that really, that really, solidified my my shift from cigars to pipes uh, <laughs> yeah. but even even as far back as blue you know as working at blue havana uh our our lane tobacco rep uh was um a guy who who uh, now works for ipcpr uh, but at the time he was working for lane and gave me my first pipe and uh, i i still i still uh look back fondly on my first pipe experiences as a result of that gift from Jeff Moran of IPCPR. You know, I was talking to a, I was talking to a young kid yesterday and discussing how at at any given moment in a smoke shop you can be sitting there talking to and I use as an example a high a highly regarded well-known doctor and at the same time, I was talking to a guy who graduated the ninth grade and started driving a tow truck, and that's what he's been doing for 40 years. So you're, you're right. The diversity of yep. people is absolutely amazing. Uh, what was it? Well, just real quick, what was it like working at Ewan Reese? I mean, that had to be just chaotic and crazy all day long. It was. Uh, it was also It was also really cool. Uh you know the the business is is been there so long, and uh, there's just backstock and backstock and backstock of things that you know pipes that pipes that haven't even been put out on the shelf yet. You know, it's sometimes you know you look at this dusty box that you just brushed off and you're opening it up and it's like, man, this thing could have been here decades. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, you, you sort of feel like you're, you're digging through a, uh, digging through a really strange setup for a museum where, you know, like, uh, like you're, you're getting to just dig through all the stuff that they have and, 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 uh, just going like, I wonder who the first, you know, who the last person was that saw this pipe. Um, it was, it was a really neat place to work, uh. Just the sheer number of pipes was astounding. Uh, it definitely is the the best stocked uh, pipe tobacco uh, shop in Chicago as well. So pretty much anything that anything that uh, I had had an opportunity to smoke even before I worked there, it was likely that I had I had gone to Yvonne Reese to get. How do we get from Chicago to South Carolina? Well, there's a, there's a whole lot of in-between in steps. 
Um, <laughs> I'll try and give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. Um, so I grew up in New Mexico. I moved to Chicago when I was 19. Uh, I was there for six months living with a commune, feeding and clothing homeless people. Uh, then I got tired of having 500 roommates, um, went to Denver, Colorado, and worked in Denver for about a year and, I don't know, a year and change, maybe a year and two months, year and three months. Then uh, one of my one of my friends from the commune that I had met in Chicago uh, invited me to to move to Cleveland, Tennessee, and uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, what the hell? I kind of kind of done with Denver, and you know, yeah, an opportunity to travel a little more. So we moved to Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, it's just about 33 miles north of Chattanooga. Um, then he and I decided after uh, a little over a year there to move to York, Pennsylvania. Um, he had gotten a he had gotten a job at a a, a tattoo and piercing shop up there, and uh, so we decided to move up there. And uh, I worked in a restaurant. He worked at the tattoo shop as a piercer, um, and then. My car got stolen, and we uh, we ended up not having a way because I, you know, we both rode to work in my car, so uh, we didn't have a way to get to work or home from work. So, uh, and neither one of us were making very much money. I was like 22 years old by this point, and uh, yeah, just kind of trying to figure out what to do next. So went back to Chicago um, and that was when I got that was when I got the job at Blue Havana uh, stayed in Chicago for several years um, went from working at Blue Havana to working at a different cigar store called La Casa del Tobacco then got got a job after a year or so at La Casa uh, working at Yvonne Reese worked at Yvonne Reese for a, a year and change. Um, and then me and my friend John, who had done the majority of this traveling with me by this point, uh, his wife and another one of our really good friends uh, decided to move to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> uh, so we, we moved as a group to Portland and... Uh, I worked at a uh, wood-fired pizza place there, um, and had been there for almost almost five years. When uh, when my girlfriend at the time, now wife, pointed out the section on smoking pipes website that said work for us, because I was always on smoking pipes when we were just hanging out in the room, you know. I'd, be looking around, see what was new on the website, or you know if they'd posted anything new in the blog. And uh, she said, "What's that little spot down there where it says work for us?" And I said, "That's where they never post any jobs." Um, and she said, "Click on it." And I clicked on it, and there were three jobs posted. And she said, "Read those. Which which one which one of those three sounds good to you?" And, and I said, <laughs> I'm 
love to work in any of these positions. And uh, She said, you should send him a cover letter and resume. And so uh, I was sort of like, well, they're the top of their field, um, and I'm all the way on the other side of the country. Uh, you know, why Why would they even pay any, any attention to a resume and cover letter coming from somebody so far away? And uh, she said, because you're passionate about pipes and tobacco and, uh, you know, you've, you've got experience working in that field and you really care about it and you think about it a lot and you, you know, enjoy it and you would be really good at it and I'm sure that they would see that. And so I, I kept, you know, sort of running with this, you know, it's never going to work out, that never happened, that never happened. And she kept going, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. So finally, after four days to, to get her to lay off, <laughs> I, uh, I wrote a cover letter and dusted out my resume and sent it off. And then I called her immediately. I was like, all right, that's done. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. And the next morning, Allison Wilford called me and said, hey, we'd love to see you for an interview. Would you be available to fly out here? next week and so I did and I got I got a job working in customer service at Smoking Pipes and uh, really enjoyed it and was in customer service for a little over a year when uh, Cornell and Deal uh, announced that their head blender uh, Ted Connolly was going to be retiring at at the time that they relocated to join the rest of the company in Longs. And so they were looking around for a head blender, and they offered me the position. And so, yeah, that's that's the long and the short of it, and probably more on the long side. Now, a head blender has nothing to do with, uh, with hairstyle or brain matter. It just means that you're in charge of all the blends. That's right. I, uh, I am... I am in charge of, of making sure that our, our quality control um, and that our consistency uh, remains intact. And uh, I have I have another another blender on my staff, uh, Aaron Wilson, um, that that uh, I've been able to been able to work with and and get him get him more comfortable with uh, some of the aspects of blending that I was able to learn from Ted that he didn't have the opportunity to really work with Ted or learn. Um, so, and, you know, it's quite, it's quite intimidating. Ted had been, uh, Ted had been the blender at Cornell and Deal for 20 years. And uh, so, you know, it's really, it's really neat to be able to, to be able to start off uh my my time at Cornell and Deal working with Ted it was really it was really cool to be able to pick his brain um, but I'll I'll probably never shake the feeling that you know <laughs> there were things that he learned in 20 years that uh, I didn't even I didn't even have the knowledge to be able to ask the question um, so you know it's it's certainly it's certainly not without trial and error and figuring things out. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to find out all about what's going on with Cornell and Deal and uh, what a head blender's daily routine is like. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupOfJoes.com. And be sure to like them on Facebook, CupOfJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. back still visiting with jeremy reeves head blender of cornell and deal pipe tobaccos and uh head blender has nothing to do with hair color either from what i understand uh but jeremy take us through what's a what's a standard day for you well uh we we start production at seven thirty in the morning um and so typically i come in and uh gather everybody around to just kind of discuss what we each have going on. Um, my team consists of Aaron Wilson, uh, who's a blender, uh, Ryan Pluta, who works in the, the tinning area, um, Glenn Reinhardt, who works in raw processing and, and uh, is responsible for uh, taking, you know, un uncut tobacco and stemming it by hand and uh, operating all the big machines that we use to cut it or uh, or, or to cut flake. Um, and then uh, we have a, a new hire named Betsy Schumann who uh, is, is sort of bouncing back and forth between all of those stations to, to one degree or another, helping where help is needed. Um, and she also, she also does does the same thing for me, uh, uh, kind of taking things off my plate as, as necessary. Um, so we get together in the morning, 7.30, having a cup of coffee, and uh, just kind of talk through, you know, if I've got meetings that we need to, we need to know I'm not going to be on, on the production floor during that time, and, uh, you know, kind of talk through, like, where we're at in, in the process of, Say finishing that raw processing of uh, Red Virginia that maybe was started the day before, or what we what we know we're we're working on for uh, maybe a Spanish customer or a, you know, a, uh, an order for Brigham in Canada. Uh, we we have a number of different a number of different uh, distributors that we work with. Mainly, uh, we work with 
Blood EC Distribution Group, who is our our U.S. Uh, distributor, but we also we also have uh, relationships with like Brigham, um, several others uh, across across the world. So recently, we just put together a rather large order for a distributor in South Korea, um, and we've got a couple of others on on deck right now, one large one for a distributor in Spain, uh, and another one coming up shortly behind it, uh, going to Switzerland. So we've got, we've got a lot of different things that we all have to, we all have to balance. And, uh, so we get together, talk about that and then kind of go to work. Um, the first thing that I do after, after our morning meetings, um, is to figure out what, what things, uh, Blood EC Distribution Group has sold uh, the day before that I haven't got entered into our software that helps us to track what needs to be made and how much of it needs to be made and where it needs to sell to. Um, so I sit down with with uh, their purchase order and and build build any assembly requests that need to be put into our system to let let uh, Ryan know what what things we need to be tending up that uh, that are ready to ready to be tend up and to let me and Aaron look at what needs to be blended that day and and those kinds of things after I after I work with the PO and get everything up to up to date for the day then I just dive in where help is needed um, and and really that that changes from day to day. Sometimes I'm, I'm sitting with Glenn, uh, stripping leaf. And sometimes I am, uh, blending tobacco with Aaron or, or, you know, blending different tobacco. And so we're, we're kind of dividing and conquering. Sometimes we work on the same thing. Uh, sometimes I need to be out back cooking autumn evening. Uh, sometimes I'm in meetings all day. It just, it just changes all the time. It seems. When I was there uh, a couple months ago, I think uh, I saw you guys were hand stripping. Why, uh, why hand strip the uh, the Virginias? Well, um, now when we get when we get uh, tobacco in, in cases, it's already been threshed, so the the main stem has already been removed. But Cornell and Deal. Uh, has always uh, always had a difficult time in, in some of these processes because they're so small. Um, you know, Cornell and Deal was was literally started in Craig and Patty Tarler's basement, um, and then outgrew the basement and moved up into the living room. And then outgrew the living room and moved into the facility that they were in before, uh, before this moved down here to Longs. And uh, at every at every stage, they have never had the the room available to be able to uh, employ large equipment uh, the way that most other companies that are are processing tobacco the way that we are would use. Um, so we do it by hand. Uh, largely because because this is the first time that we've had the room to be able to uh, 
even consider uh, the layout of the layout of cash necessary and the space constraints um, that you know can can we spare the space to be able to put equipment back here? We actually uh, just met with a, a mechanic earlier today to talk about the possibility of. Uh, of automating the stemming process, and I think that we're going to move towards that so that we can uh, better allocate people's time and labor, because uh, it is a long, a long process of just sitting there, you know, picking tiny stems out of a uh, handful of leaf after handful of leaf to get yourself up to 150 pounds or 300 pounds or 500 pounds or whatever it is you need to be able to, to use that blending component the way that we are. Um, How many different blending components do you guys buy? Uh, let's see. So we've got red and bright Virginia, dark-fired Kentucky, dark burly, white burly, Katerini, uh, Izmir, Latakia, Black Cavendish. So, so you you got it. You got it. Like you, you got your hands full of stuff, uh, and then you got the different grades in between those, and you've got a tremendous array of tobaccos that all those make up. Mm-hmm. So I guess that. That keeps you busy, but you guys are also working on some new things that have just come out. In particular, the one I want to talk to you about is the Cellar series, because that's designed to be smoked now, but also intended to be aged for 5, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you how did you go about working on that blend and how does somebody how do you suggest somebody looks at a blend and figures out what it's going to taste like in the future well that is sort of a difficult a difficult thing to do um, the reason that the seller series is is called the seller series and the, and the reason that we we think that these blends are are going to have sort of long legs in terms of how they're going to age is because of two factors. The high sugar content of the Virginias that we used in the, in the blends and the, the large amount of, of Perique. Um, Perique is a, a great way to sort of ensure that fermentation will happen in a blend. Um, even small amounts of Perique uh, in, say, like uh, Orlick Golden Slice is a really good example. There's not very much Perique there, but what little there is seems to really, really make a huge difference in the tobacco over the course of a couple of decades. Um, and and uh, so the sugars in the Virginia and, and the Perique we use a lot of leaf in the cellar series that doesn't really tend to change very much over time, hmm. but paired with really sugary Virginias and paired with uh, a, a healthy helping of Perique, uh, they uh, they already are showing signs of kind of 
real intense change, I think. Uh, Sinead's Cake uh, has developed this really incredible uh, sort of sweetness that uh, it was not there when, when we first started out on Sinead's. Sinead's was really, really heavily pariki, which of course it still is, very pariki, but uh, it, it sort of was monodimensional when we started on it. And with only a with only a little over a year of of age on those original tens, uh, there is beginning to be a wine-like characteristic uh, to the smell, and there is beginning to be a a, a just a bit of a, a sweetness that is coming through and a fruity flavor coming through in in the taste. Um, the uh, the rough edges of of the uh, white burley and of the huge amount of perique uh, really seem to be knocking off and I'm I'm really excited to see how Shanae's is going to be uh, in another three or four years and I'm sure at that time I'll be really excited to see how Shanae's is even further on down the line. Uh, Got my Miller series also. <laughs> the Cellar Series also accounts for uh, uh, just a, a really different approach, I think, for Cornell and Deal um, in in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that I think that Cornell and Deal uh, has has sort of grown up. Um, and and not just grown up in the in terms of the size of the company um, and, and grown up in terms of of viewing viewing ourselves uh, as a an actual player in in pipe tobacco um, and I think that I think that the seller series was an opportunity for for Cornell and Deal to show uh, that. A great deal of refinement and taste and thought went into our blends. Um, that that I think I think uh, a small a small tobacco blender as as Cornell and Deal has always been. People people either really loved it or hated it. Um, and and I think that a lot of a lot of folks saw like, oh, you know, that's that's cute. This little mom and pop pipe tobacco company and I, I just don't see it was as I talk with Patty as I talk with Chris about the way that Cornell and Deal happened I see so much passion in there and so much thought and I think that the seller series is just a way that uh, Cornell and Deal sort of found a more mature voice um, and uh, really looking to the future what else is uh, coming up from Cornell and Deal uh, well, we just released Golden Days of Yore, which is our uh, limited edition blend for Christmas, uh, and I made uh, I made the sauce for for Golden Days of Yore from scratch. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the way it, that it turned out. In fact, that's what I'm smoking right now. Um, I used uh, star anise and cinnamon and allspice and uh, cloves. Caramelized sugar and uh, a little bit of ginger and some chocolate and some rum and 
and uh, I think I think the sauce came out really nicely. The tobaccos that are that are in the blend are are definitely perceptible. It's not a it's not a sticky, overly sweet kind of aromatic. Um, there's sweetness there, and there is certainly a nice sweet sweet smell as well when you smoke it. Um, but there's a lot of nuance and the interplay of the flavors that, that I put on that blend and the tobaccos that make it up, uh, I think are really lovely. There's a small amount of dark fired in there, a uh, small amount of black Cavendish, um, primarily, primarily bright Virginia, a little red Virginia, um, but, and then, uh, round it out with a little bit of Caterini, uh, and, all of the all of the spices and the the allspice sort of flavor that Caterini often imparts to blends and the the uh, earthy earthy sort of smokiness from the dark fired uh, all of it just comes together to make this really wonderful wonderful little melange of flavor I think uh, cinnamon's definitely in there there's uh, you know there's spicy spicy sort of simmery uh almost like chai tea just kind of weaving in and out through the flavors of the tobacco but certainly the tobaccos are at the forefront so your experience um smoking all kinds of stuff working in the tobacco shops and then i know from uh looking at your bio information you're a bit of a foodie so this is just a perfect marriage because you're just making up recipes for all of us to eat up now. <laughs> well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping. I uh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy uh, cooking at home. Uh, I've I've done quite a bit of work in restaurants as well, and uh, I really I really enjoy making things with my hands. I really enjoy. Uh, creating stuff for other people to enjoy. And it also says you're an adventurous eater. we got a few minutes left. What's some of the most adventurous stuff you've eaten? Um, well, let's see here. Uh, I guess I, I don't know... I don't know what the most exotic thing I've ever eaten is. I can tell you this, that... Uh, Fish cheeks and fish eyes are usually my favorite part of any fish. Uh, I've also eaten pig's eyes and cow's eyes. Um, wild boar heart is something that I'm a big fan of. Chicken hearts uh, on skewers with a little soy sauce and olive oil and just, just lightly, lightly seared are uh, wonderful little snacks. Um, I, I pretty much love any, any awful, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of say calf's brains and eggs. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, rooster testicles. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. Thank you. I'm glad we talked about that, but, um, <laughs> I think that gives you some ideas. Yeah, I like the, I, I like the, I like the flavorings inside the new, uh, the new tobacco better than that. So we'll, um, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. Uh, no right answer, no wrong answer. Hope nobody's eating dinner right now. 
but what is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe. Oh goodness. Um, I think that probably my most smoked pipe is my Lasse Skovgard uh, tiny little bent tomato. Uh, I I smoke that pipe sometimes four and five times a day, and it it just performs beautifully every single time. Uh, it's nice and lightweight, sandblasted, so I don't I don't find myself worrying about whether or not I'm scuffing the finish when I set it down. But uh, it smokes great right to the bottom every single time and, uh, and just just performs really nicely for me. What's your favorite tobacco? My favorite tobacco, probably Oak Alley. Because it tastes like fish parts? I smoke it. It does not. Okay. There is... There is uh, no no correspondence between uh, the the flavor of Oak Alley and uh, some of the uh, strange things that I listed off to you that I that I like to eat. Okay. But uh, Oak Alley does have a, a really big, earthy, spicy sort of uh, sort of flavor to it. Um, there is no dark fire in Oak Alley, but all of the components coming together the way that they do really actually gives the impression of dark fired sometimes, uh, which I think is fascinating that uh, a leaf that is not there can sort of be replicated by a combination of other leaves. What is your favorite drink? Uh, Elijah Craig, 12-year-old bourbon, um, and a splash of water. Oh, thank God you got good taste in drinks. Okay. Um, when it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music? Um, I, sometimes all three. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, at the same time? I, uh, I sit down and listen to music for a little bit and read a book and have have something going on in the background usually a usually a cooking show or a nature documentary or something and i kind of shift my focus back and forth between the three and the final question is any particularly favorite pipe smoking memory that we haven't discussed yet i remember how happy i was uh when i finally figured out how to keep a pipe lit um it took it took me some time as i think uh, it does a lot of people and i had been mostly smoking cigars which is pretty user friendly um and occasionally smoking a pipe and uh just kept getting frustrated constant relights constant relights and, and when i finally began to discover that uh, i could I could do things different than somebody else did, you know, that there wasn't a prescribed method to packing my pipe. Um, one of the things that I started doing was uh, taking taking tobacco and, and breaking it up different ways or, uh, you know, started learning about things like the, uh, the Frank method of packing or the air pocket method and trying these different things. And while none of the 
well, none of the above were the, the end-all, be-all, you know, this is the way I do it every time. What I, what I found was that the key to my enjoyment of smoking a pipe was really going to be in the experimentation. And uh, so when I finally found a way that packed my pipe that, uh, that allowed uh, free airflow and also didn't sacrifice uh, on the tightness of the tamp, uh, and I was able to, I was able to smoke a pipe for you know longer than five minutes. I was really stoked. I remember that to this day. The website is cornellanddeal.com. That's C-O-R-N-E-L-L-A-N-D-D-I-E-H-L.com. And uh, if we want to get a hold of you, we can email you at the info at cornellanddeal.com. That's exactly right. Perfect. Jeremy, thank you very much for uh, coming on with us. Um, thank you for all the wonderful tobacco blends, and probably uh, I should thank you for one of my least favorite memories of food choices. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, Brian. Thank you. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit Sutliff-Tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi for marketingpipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Jeremy's palate is so well-defined that he'll try eating just about anything and uh, and apparently enjoys it. 
Uh, if you have any questions, please email them, info at cornellanddeal.com. Jeremy will help you out with any questions you got about any uh, Cornell and Deal C&D tobaccos. All right, we ran a little long on that, so we're going to jump right into... Mail call! Gather around, everyone! In the mailbag, got a lot of comments from uh, last week's show with Carol Burns and uh, Pipeworks and Wilkie. Uh, New Broom writes, I listened to the program last evening and thought it was interesting and informative as usual. Carol Burns has been involved with pipes and tobacco for many years and has stories about the evolution of blends she now mixes at her place in Vermont, dating dating from back when the original shop was in New York City. I didn't know much about the pipe aspects of her business, except to know that she was married to a guy who was a master at handmade pipes and well-respected by both smokers and collectors. Uh, That Carol performed the finishing aspects of his creations for many years was news, and also that her catalog and blend recipes extends to the bygone era when celebrities of the day patronized the original store, which was also operated by women in New York City. Uh, Her calm and friendly manner easily translated to the typically clumsy interview process so carefully crafted by pipe doctor emeritus Brian Levine. (laughs) I thank you, I think. Uh, Her anecdotes about longtime customers who actually preceded her ownership of this long-standing business were fun to hear. This is a hobby and pastime that has benefited tremendously through her dedication and obvious enjoyment of it as well as her uniquely down-to-earth and matter-of-fact approach to it. Thanks to Brian and Kevin for producing such a great program. You're welcome. Uh, One of the really ironic tidbits came when Carol was asked if there was a blend she least liked. Do yourself a favor and listen to the show while you peruse your various internet haunts or just sit in your chair buffing stems. You'll feel better for it. Uh, Thank you, New Broom. DM... CMTK writes, just listen to the show. Great to hear from Carol. And Hunter TW, uh, Hunter RW writes, congratulations on an outstanding interview of Miss Burns. I truly enjoyed hearing her discuss her pipeworks and Wilkie pipe tobaccos and also the history of the Wilkie shop in New York City. She is Truly a Jack, in parentheses, Carol of all trades. Sourcing, blending, packaging, and shipping the tobaccos, restoring the pipes, which she offers for sale on her website, and reconditioning customers' pipes. As a one-woman shop, I'm not certain when she finds time to sleep, but I'm awfully glad that she does what she does, and I hope that she carries on for years to come. Yeah, me too. Uh, Anchovy D writes, great show. Like just about everyone else here, I had no idea who Carol Burns was and had never heard of the Wilkie Pipe Shop. She was great. After listening to the podcast and checking out some online reviews of their blends, has me wanting to pull out my credit card and order all those numbered blends that sound delicious. Also, thanks for the music. Nice choice. Glad you like it. Uh, I've been catching up on your podcast after finding out about it a few months ago, and I do have one major critique. Uh-oh. Uh, the opening and closing music is killing me. The Aussie isn't bad, but the Choo Choo Train intro is grating. I get the idea of why it's there, but what has the best... Uh, but was that the best quality train sample you could find? 
It sounds like it was recorded off of a distorted AM radio in the bathroom at Grand Central Station. (laughs) Um, No, let me tell you about that sound. No, that's an actual analog recording of a real genuine steam locomotive and train whistle, and I like it. Uh, He goes on to write, uh, The other thing that is killing me is the closing song with David Lee Roth singing Happy Trails. It makes me want to drive off the bridge to crash into a watery grave every time it starts to play. I can't get to the skip button fast enough. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Finally, I just wanted to say that I listened to the podcast while commuting across Lake Pontchartrain Causeway in New Orleans or while on uh, training rides on my bicycle in Mandeville, Louisiana. Great show. Just get the producer to tighten up those two things. I don't just listen to the Pipes Magazine podcast. I comment on it. Anchovy D, I hope to see you in New Orleans at uh, the Pipe Show there. It'll be a lot of fun. And I promise no train whistles there. Uh, last week, boy, this is running long. Anyway, last week, John Seiler writes, Wow, it's Brian, almost live. Almost. Barely. Who knows? Uh, Carol Burns Tobacco Plunder and the Pipeworks and Wilkie Shop has long been established in the pipe and tobacco field. It would have been fun to be in the shop in the 1930s through 1960s. You don't know who you would have run into. She carries on the tradition of the store, its founders, and the Wilkie sisters. I've not tried any of their tobaccos, but if they had a Virginia, I might just have to try one of their blends. Music, Segovia doing handle, interesting. Shout out, I wish our tobacconist would march on the FDA. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Um, I And then he says, I saw the Einstein t-shirt, smoking a pipe, yay. Nice show, Brian, glad you have a little downtime. Uh, Robertson Pobliti writes, is there a way to download the audio? Yes, there is. With the new non-flash player, when it pops up, or when the next screen opens and you're doing it in pipesmagazine.com, just right-click on the audio track, and there's an option in there to save as or download, or you can listen in iTunes, Stitcher, Podkicker, all different other podcast apps that you can download, too. Uh, Tarak writes, Great show. I'm loving the history of tobacco. Interesting to me that there were anti-tobacco regulations going back that far. America landed the free and a proud sponsor of governmental regulations. But no, tobacco has outlasted regulatory issues that far back does, uh, does bring some balance to the doomsday theory we're all prescribed to. Love the interview with Carol. She sounded like an incredibly kind person. I'll have to check out the website, as always. Thanks. And he brings up a good point. Uh, tobacco has been attacked for years and years and years, and still we're here. It just may get more expensive. You never know. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, really enjoy you going through the history of pipes and tobaccos. That is good listening. Carol sounded just delightful. I can't believe I've never heard of her or Pipeworks. Uh, She really sounds like a pro at her business to me. I did check out the website for tobacco, but didn't see a tobacco for a hardcore English guy like me. Segovia, good selection. Not so much. Keep trying. Oh, darn. Uh, Kudos to the French for once. The French have always been good about taking to the streets, providing the streets don't have Germans in them. I'll leave it up to Dan. And lastly, uh, Voorhees 
writes, he enjoyed the Carol Burns interview and have been interested in their offerings for years. Just need to pull the trigger. Her dedication to the craft is commendable. I also have noticed Target carrying those evil smoking related shirts. Good for them. Nice work, Brian. Thank you very much. And in just a minute, rant time. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. Don't try to fool us. We know something is getting you down. The world. The job. Your wife. The rotten kids. What you need is a break that is guaranteed to boost your spirits. And the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas provides that break every year. Get off the plane. Look at those garish neon lights on Las Vegas Boulevard and start smiling. Then, come to the Palace Station Hotel for a two-day, non-stop spirit-lifting immersion in your favorite hobby. Pipes. Nothing but pipes. Smoke on the showroom floor. Gamble. Or gamble with those great friends you see all too infrequently. When you get home, only a little bit poorer. And why shouldn't the kids go to the local JC instead of being spoiled by that expensive university? You will be so much happier to see the wife and the kids. Unfortunately, we can't help with the job situation. November 6th and 7th, 2015, Las Vegas, Nevada. Cowboy. Cowboy. I must confess, yes, I must confess, there is a double standard. Because uh, six years ago, five and a half years ago, five years ago, when my son left for college, five years ago, I was glad to see him heading off to college, glad to see him moving on to, you know, off to living on the campus. Well, here's the double standard. This coming Sunday morning, we load up and drive my daughter off to her college. Yeah, she chose a college that's four hours away, and yes, we are not happy about it, but she picked the school that she wanted to go to, and you can't stop them. But there is a double standard. Why? Because when a daughter goes off to school, I know what you college boys are thinking, and stop it. But there is a double standard. When my son went off to school, I was hoping he'd do what college boys do. 
when my daughter is getting ready to go off to school, there is a double standard because I know exactly what you college boys are thinking. Anyway, in conjunction with all of her, uh, with her health issues and everything, yes, we are worried. Yes, it will be awfully strange to have absolutely nobody here in the house, nobody bothering us, nobody yelling and no noise and all that stuff that goes along with a teenage girl. But hey, there is a double standard. And yes, we are worried. I would appreciate it. As we move her off to college on Sunday, get her moved into her dorm, she'll spend the first night there, we'll spend the night nearby, and she starts in on uh, marching band camp. Would appreciate it. Those of you that are religious, say a prayer for her. We hope and uh, think of her as she's getting ready to embark in this, where she's going to have to manage her own time, manage her uh, diabetes by herself, and keep those college boys away from her. So... Would appreciate your prayers, your thoughts, your wishes. We'll be uh, a little nervous, a little anxious for the first couple of, oh, I don't know, four or five years, I'm guessing. But anyway, we are uh, excited for her, happy for her, and uh, scared and nervous for her. And I confess, hey, there is a double standard. All right, follow me on Facebook, Brian Levine. You'll uh, get a little more gibberish occasionally that I post up there. Like the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, leave us an iTunes rating or review. We would appreciate that. So thank you to Jeremy for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy You'll need a copy of my class schedule so you can take notes. You'll also handle my finance. I'm on. I lecture with the freshman crisis group every other Monday. I'm spearheading the Save the Swim Team Speedo Spectacular and the Bloated Belly Beer Bash to Battle Bulimia this semester.